breakfast buffet, we have Kurt Danboy's finest. We have Nels. Learn about his passion for wrestling and rapping and how he looks to combine the two to grow the sport of wrestling. I hope you guys will enjoy. looking for and i've been thinking about you lately but it's time for me to move along but it's all right boo girl i try to do you better call me when you're feeling down and all alone and i know shit ain't easy boy nels perth damn boy's finest wrestler and and rapper right and uh he's doing some really great things and uh how you doing today my bro I'm doing really great. I'm home, just chilling in my room, uh, enjoying the nice sunny weather, and um, you know, pretty much uh, here for the podcast and the people. Yeah, yep, living your best quarantine life, huh? Yeah, uh, I mean, quarantine is bittersweet though because I kind of want this year was gonna be my first year attending the. Well, I think I was about to squeeze in some NCA tickets there, but I did mm -hmm. have tickets for the Olympic trial, so I was upset I didn't get to go to that because that was really cool. Since uh, we had the Big Ten tournament in our backyard, I got to go to the to both days, so that alone was, I guess, like the best, uh, I would say, ending type of moment for before quarantine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It felt like everything was was going in the right direction for everyone until this whole quarantine happened. So, but you know, there's, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and there's always some, some good things we could uh, bring out from here. And uh, I, I see that, you know, before the whole quarantine, you were picking up with, with, with uh, your rapping career and everything. I saw you put up some music videos and everything. We were all super pumped about that. Oh man. I appreciate that, man. I've been doing music since I was about like a sophomore in high school. I actually started wrestling and music the same year. So I got love for both of them a lot, you know? And there's been times where people were like, yo, are you going to do wrestling or, or music? Like, pick one. And I would just tell them, like, you know, I like both of them. You know, they give, they both give me the same enjoyment, and they both help me grow in life, you know? They're both two different personal connections that I really enjoy carrying throughout my, I would say, journey in life, you know? Definitely. And wrestling and music goes hand-to-hand, because -hand, what do you use during practice? You use music. What do you do to pump yourself up? You use music. <laughs> Lincoln Park, yo, that's that's Perth Amboy's go-to right there. Lincoln Park, trash cans all around, first day of a Saturday morning practice. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah, blast it up, get them all pumped up. So, uh, when when did you start just get getting big in it, and then just start recording it? Well, one thing's for sure, I've always enjoyed writing. I've always enjoyed, you know, like writing essays and stuff like that. And I remember when I was in first grade. Um, I used to love the whole beginning, middle, and end um, aspect of things. So, like, I've always had a huge imagination. So I felt like my imagination really helped me create a lot easier and just go with the flow. So when I was in uh, middle school, I was in a poetic club. I played the trombone in fifth and sixth grade. I was supposed to continue through seventh and eighth and all through high school, but I didn't really uh, – I wasn't really feeling the, the middle school uh, music teacher. So I was like, ah, I'll just stop it here. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always been active doing a bunch of activities and wrestling and music just happened to be like the final two that I, that was best for me. Awesome. So what goes into just writing lyrics and, and writing raps? Is there a certain formula you follow? I know everyone has their own way of doing things. What What is your way? Mm, I go on YouTube. I type in, you know, whatever beat I try to find. Because nowadays, like producers, 
they like to market themselves, obviously, too. And the way they do it is, for example, they'll take like a, a, a little Uzi-inspired type of sound, and then they'll add tight beat in the in the end of the description. So people that are looking for beat get to find that type of sound from a local standpoint to get an easier um, way to uh, market their music and find a really dope beat. But uh, me, personally, yeah, I just search the beat on YouTube. I either... I usually give the song about like 10, I usually give the beat about like 10, 15 seconds. And then if I don't feel it within like 10, 15 seconds, I'll probably go back to it. But most of the time I, that I listen to it for 10 or 15 seconds, I probably feel it and be like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Because usually some people say, how do you write to a song? But honestly, it's the beat. The beat gives you the feel and then everything else just like flows after that. It's like wrestling. It's like once you get that first takedown, you just keep piling up if you feel comfortable. So it's kind yeah, of like it's- the mentality. And I use wrestling in in a lot of aspects of my life because it, it toughened me up in a lot of situations yeah it's a part of you and it, that's very interesting how you use wrestling to write music and music music for your wrestling right um so that's interesting you find the beat first and then you kind of get your lyrics out there um you have like your your best song now like what went into like your best or like favorite song you wrote my favorite song that i've written yeah you know what's funny? The favorite song that I've written is not released yet. It's unreleased right now. Oh, unreleased, unreleased. <laughs> yeah. it, it's called, it's called um, Sometimes. Uh-huh. And the song is about um, me kind of getting hurt over some female, but then it also translates into, like, me giving myself a wake-up call. So, like, the song's about, like, at first you hear the song talking about, like, how the girl hurt me, but then, like, towards, like, the middle, transitioning into the end, you hear me speaking about how I got to get over that and focus on my real life and appreciate what I really have in front of me. And I, it was so much pain behind it. So I, I feel like when that song comes out, it's going to really like touch a lot of people. So I'm excited. But it's no, all about timing, though. Yeah, no doubt. No about, you know, all about timing. And what's interesting about, you know, you know, music and everything, it's telling a story in that short time span, right? Sometimes songs last from like, what, a minute to sometimes even six or more. So uh, you find that difficult trying to tell a story within that time frame? It varies because some some songs might be shorter than the others depending on how much you want to talk or how lit your first verse is. Because usually back in the back then people were bigger fans of writing three verses, like the story shit, um, beginning, mm-hmm. middle, and end. But nowadays with marketing and the younger generation coming up, everyone has a shorter attention span. So that's why you see a lot of artists put out music that's like two minutes long because it has better replay value like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be in a party listening to a song for four minutes. You usually like to keep the playlist going. Keep it going, like, yeah. Yeah, so that's yep. what it really be like. Yeah, and different vibes too, right? You got the party vibe, you got the chill vibe. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to be versatile because, you know, it's and it's crazy because uh, you always have to come out with new ideas. There's always there's gonna be a point where you kind of run out. There's a point where like you have more ideas than the next day than the than the day before. You know, it's just all about feel. You know what I mean? There was a point where I wanted to quit, and I was like, damn, like I, I'm not really uh doing what I'm supposed to do. Those lyrics aren't coming out. So going back to what you said about quarantine, how I've been creating more during quarantine. I think quarantine gave me more free time to think. So during quarantine, I told myself, listen, um. It's like they say, what you have can easily be taken away from you any day of the week or day, or, you know, hours, whatever. So I said, you know what? We're in quarantine. 
uh, this is the perfect time for me to create freely and come up with the positive, like, you know, with the best possible ideas I have. And I've been doing music a long time. I'm 27 years old. Like, even though I love doing it, you know, I want to, like, make a life-changing experience out of it. I feel like I'm talented enough to really, like, touch people. So I'm I'm pretty much putting all my time into it right now. I'm investing into it, you know, but also realistic about life as well because you can't just rely on music. You always need a plan B in the back of your hand because not everything's guaranteed. We know that in wrestling. We oh, yeah. The best of the best get knocked out. First round, NCAAs, uh, you know, Olympic trials, everything. So I, I try to apply a lot of that wrestling stuff into like my beliefs and uh, my talents with just whatever I like to believe in and chase. Yeah, and especially with the whole quarantine, it really sets, you know, your mind in places that that's really important and what you what you really care about, right? So so that's great that this whole quarantine you spent, you know, doing what you love, writing music and really reflecting on your own life. Um, and you being from Perth Amboy, you know, you guys really had a strong, you know, team bond and culture with that, you know, the, was it PWO, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amboy Wrestling Only, yeah, that's, that's definitely something we definitely live by. Coach Giordano was definitely a father figure for a lot of us, so we like to keep his uh, Amboy Wrestling legacy going, you know, he's retired now, so. It's beautiful that we get to see like new up and coming kids wear the same stuff. You know, it's like it passes down for forever. Yeah, Coach G, he was he was the man. I remember every time we went and wrestled you guys, or even saw you at the counties, everything. Everyone went up to Coach G. Everyone gave him that high five. Everyone wanted to know, you know, what he was doing and uh, how was he like a coach? What was some values he he instilled on all you guys? I feel like he instilled a lot of heart and attitude. I feel like he always wanted to push everyone towards their best potential. You know what I mean? Some people were able to uh, apply themselves to his tough love, and some people weren't. But only the people that were able to apply to that understood why he fought so hard for us, you know? Like, there'd be a – I remember one time I was wrestling one of my old teammates. You probably know him, um, Humberto Argueta. He was a 138-pounder, 32-pounder, uh, and then he went up 38 his senior year, class of 13. I remember me and him was wrestling in practice one day, and you know how sometimes we kind of stop, not like intentionally, but we just stop. And I stopped, and Coach Giordano was like, why did you stop? He just yelled so loud, and I felt like I was on the spot, and I was like, damn, bro. Like, you know, but then when you think about it going forward, you realize why he says, why did you stop? Because in wrestling, you really can't stop if you really want to win those six minutes, you know? Yep, always looking to score points and, and getting better. And what's what's great about you and just, you know, a lot of the wrestlers at Pro, Pro Tamboy, you guys really love the sport, you know. You guys are really into it. And uh, even to this day, even though, you know, high school and college careers are over, you guys are still getting on the mats and, and giving back. Um, how do you give back uh, today, in, you know, in your community with wrestling and, and uh, everything else? Well, we do have um, the the head wrestle, the head middle, hold on a second. The middle school head wrestling coach, you know Gabe Roman. Yes. Yeah, he has a really really good feeder program for our kids, and you know they do a lot of private lessons. They we have about uh, three days out of the week for rec at the middle school, so the kids get to have a lot of you know time on the mat on and off uh, you know season. So um. Yeah, it's a great feeder program, and um, the kids are just really elevating really fast. You know, I feel like back then there was technique, but wrestling is one of those sports where the technique just gets more advanced each year. So it's like you see kids 
hitting splatos at like six years old. You're just like, you know? Yeah. There's no, there's no limit to no moves. But um, going to you, though, I know South Plainfield had a really strong culture. The first time I seen you guys really wrestle was my senior year of high school in 2011. And you remember this because you was there. Uh, it was the dual meet quad against Jackson, us, and some other team. I forgot what team it was, but it was the year that Jackson was ranked first in the state, and y'all knocked them off that year. Yeah, yeah, and it was it's it was the mentality we had. You know, we didn't we didn't have the best technique. We we had the basics down really well, and we had that attitude. <laughs> we had that attitude, you know. <laughs> and that's what I try to teach my kids today: the attitude and just the basic techniques, like you said. The, their technique gets advanced every year, but it, it's pretty hard to beat the basics. Is that something that you help uh, with, with you know, coaching now? Um, well, for one part, I, you know, just I don't really try to be a coach, but I try to just be around the community and just help out. You know, I never really necessarily look for like a title for a coach or ask for any type of like, you know what I'm saying? But I just know what. I started wrestling late. I started like junior year and I wasn't really eligible at the time because I was going through a couple things. So I got my grades up and then I had a senior year of wrestling. I had a full season, but I was really inexperienced. So I didn't really get to make the impact I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. So, so afterwards um, I said, do I want to still do this sport or not? So then I just started, you know, going to tournaments uh, throughout the summer, like the midnight madness at long branch, the beach tournaments in pure village, um, you know, all around the shore, those tournaments. And once I won my first medal at like the Falcon free for all in Monroe, I believed in myself and said, Hey, like this sport is, is, is this is it. Like I want to keep doing this or whatever. And I was supposed to do like the whole college thing, but you know, a lot of things got all mixed up, but I was always promised on the sport. I never wanted to leave the sport. I never wanted to leave the kids. And I always wanted to be that guy that was always sticking around for the community for their best interest at heart. Definitely. So I, I could see yourself yourself being more of a mentor to this kid, these kids, which is extremely important because, you know, you need someone that was in their shoes and just give them proper guidance, you know, especially in Perth Amboy, you know, you guys, it, it felt, I feel like your, your team was the ones that kind of started it all, you know, started that culture, started that, you know, tradition, right? Yeah, for sure. And we're one of the few that beat you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which is and something that's really hard to do because you guys have like pretty much a bonus scoring guy in like yeah. every weight. Yeah, I don't think was it when I was in school. I don't think it was when I was in school though. I oh don't no, know. no 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 no! This is <laughs> had to be oh uh, seven oh eight around Gabe Roman's year. Yeah uh, yeah. I think I think uh, Mike Wagner was on that team. Yeah, it was the it was the it was Wags's era. I think I forgot it was McCann's one of McCann's, uh you know one of his down years. I would say I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the story about it, right? You guys, you guys got us though, huh? Yeah, yeah. At least we got y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you know, that's the that's the beauty of the sport, though. Nothing's guaranteed, and that's why I love it, cause and not anyone could just do it. You know, that's why, like, if I ever lose, I, because when I used to lose, I used to take it really to heart. But then I realized, listen, like, this is a sport where you're gonna lose no matter how good you get. So once I kind of like let that flow in, I, I took the losses more of, as a lesson instead of just a downer. You know what I mean? Because I remember Anthony Parati said this in like a, an interview. He had said that when you're, you know, w- with this sport, you can't be too low or you can't be too high on yourself. You have to like kind of like swag it out through the middle and just, you know, follow up on like your best uh, 
interest in the sport and just continue to get better. Because some sometimes kids like to focus on all like the popular moves or like the craziest technical moves. I used to think like that. I used to think that the the most technical moves were the, the best way to win. But then like as you get older and you see college and you see the world and the Olympics and everything, you see guys that's winning with like three moves. You know what I mean? Three basic moves that that just takes them. You know what I mean? Far and that definitely takes your stress off of wrestling. You can't be focused on just being the most technical wrestler. You just got to focus on being the best wrestler. Yeah, and it, wrestling teaches you a lot about life, too. You know, you got to be on your game and being willing to learn every time. We call that the, the white belt mentality, just willing to learn from anyone. You know, I, I feel like I have the same mentality now, just willing to learn from, from everyone and anyone's experience, whether it be wrestling, life, you know, business, everything. Uh, hopefully from you with, with music and in and your life lessons, just getting getting a piece from everyone and I feel like that's super important. Oh yeah, I definitely like to soak everything up. Uh some people give me crap for like uh I guess like I guess being like a internet like I know I I post funny things <laughs> here and there, but it's all just like fun and games and just positivity, you know? Yep. Uh, I know when it comes to music you have to really market yourself no matter what you do. You just have to make sure that it's not too hardcore. You just got to make sure it's like a realistic marketing way. You can't just be out here just jumping around the street, waving the donut flag or something like, hey, I'm on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, you have to really be smart about how you market yourself because that's first impression around the world. And um, one thing I look forward to is using wrestling as a platform because we want to grow the sport a lot more. But it's really hard to grow our sport because one, one week, we grow the sport doing this, and then one week we're getting backlash from this. So it's like up and down, you know what I mean? So I want to use music as a platform to kind of promote wrestling in a way. Like one day I'm going to include like wrestling in my music video or a vlog or something. Something to just spread the sport because I feel like our sport is too great to not be that well-known. It's well-known, but not to the degree that we want it at. So I'm one of those people that want to make wrestling as big as it possibly can be. You know, it's one of those sports that that changes your whole life. Like, I feel like when I'm working at a job now, I don't I feel like there's I always tell everybody there's nothing harder than wrestling. So any job that I get into is not going to be harder than cutting weight, uh, starving myself, spinning drills, up and down drills, like the whole the whole thing. You know, I just I just love that sport. It changed my life forever. And that's why I can never leave it. Yeah, de definitely. You know, when when you're dealing with something hard during life, you just refer, <laughs> refer to those hard times on the mat. You're like, man, it's not as hard as this. <laughs> yeah, man, and it's and it's funny because when I first uh, signed up, I'm like, I'm strong, you know, I'm 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 gonna walk through this thing. Like, I'm strong, so I'm be I'll be okay. And then once I started getting my butt whooped a little bit, I was like, wow, like this sport is really for real. Like, I I need way more than strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember, I remember you being 103, bro. I remember you used to post the pictures like the before and after pictures, and you used to all skinny and stuff. And, I, and then you hit 145. I was like, oh wow, bro, my boy is not really, my boy does not want to cut weight no more. <laughs> and, and I remember telling everybody, uh, your senior year in the county finals, you wrestled Carbutita. And I was telling everybody, I was like, yo, listen to me right now. This is gonna be the the best final of the of the counties. And they were like, I was like, all right. Because I, I already knew how driven you were your senior year. You had a really good senior year. And I even seen you wrestle at the States that year. I was at the States tournament that year, and I seen you wrestle. And, um, yeah, that was a really crazy county final. I know it was close. I don't know if it was overtime or, or something. It had to be, like, 4-3 something. But that match was really cool because I knew both of y'all had, like, 
slick styles. So I knew that the match was going to be really good. And I remember you winning that county title. And I was like, wow, like Ray Jazz is really, you know, he's on his way. He's really trying to make a mark right here. Yeah, I was tough on top. I wanted on top. I wrote him out to, to win it 4-3. And, you know, that was, that was great. I, and I, I felt the energy in the building. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, you felt the energy in the building because I remember there was this meme that said, um, I think it pretty much says that the counties is like a dual meet with South Plainfield than everyone else. And it has like a Simpson cartoon on it. It was I remember that picture. Yeah, because, you know, it, it really it really does feel like that. It really feels like South Plainfield is up against everybody because, you know, you guys did have done a really good job at uh, keeping the team together and winning together at the at the county level and state level. Yeah, yeah, and we all that that was the big emphasis we had. We did everything for the team and uh you know, I think I was the only county champ that year too for South Plainfield. So that 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 was just I that was just, you know, a cherry on top of everything. Um so speaking about, you know, you're an essential worker now, right? You took on a job that, you know, you, you thought you couldn't do, huh? Well, I'm actually an assistant. My coworker is my driver. Uh-huh. Because during the pandemic, jobs got all crazy, so I had to find something uh, for the summer, you know what I mean? Because I just can't be home doing nothing. It's really boring, you know? I'm, I've always been, like, a, a hyperactive kid. I always like to play sports, try new things, and just see, you know, what I can get out of life in every aspect I could. I've always wanted to just learn and just be around, you know, fun things and, you know, just be around good people. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you talked about, you know, we talked about this before, but you, you had a fear of what driving trucks. And now, now you're, now you're whipping it a little bit during this. Oh, whole no, 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 I'm, I'm helping my driver. Oh, it helps. Okay. Yes. Yes. But the whole like idea is to be around it and get my feet wet. So then when I feel comfortable, I can drive the trucks and get the CDL and, you know, try something else, you know? Yeah, 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 and that's that's super super important. Um, you know, trying new stuff, especially now, finding ways that finds find finding ways to you know live life and make making making this thing work. Um, and wrestling was probably a huge part, right? If you didn't have that, you probably wouldn't have been like, ah, oh, man, I ain't taking no risks, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you right now, wrestling has has really made me comfortable in my uncomfort zone. I would say. Like, things that I wouldn't feel comfortable with doing, I'd probably do it because of, like, the fearless mentality that wrestling takes. You know what I'm saying? I feel like re wrestling is just the hardest sport out there. And some people may not believe it, but only wrestlers will understand why. You yeah. know, Henry, Henry Cejudo said it. He said, I could win all these gold titles, but there's no sport harder than wrestling. And that's why he's able to be uh, an Olympic gold medalist in, in the two-division uh, champ while defending the belts. And that's why he retired, you know, because, you know, you don't, you got you you have family you have kids and it's a really brutal sport you know you never know you you, you can get knocked out you might not come back up you know every it's the hurt business so I feel like he did a really good job at retiring at the right time so I guess he can enjoy you know everything else that's planned for him you know whether it's partnerships with an energy drink or a clothing brand you always want to expand just like um Anthony Ashnaut you know he has a really good thing going on with the uh with the Mobbin brand and everything else going, you know, but he earned the stripes though, you know, he really put Jersey on his back and he could have committed to any school he wanted to in the country really. And he chose to stay in his backyard 15 minutes from home to start a culture. And a lot of people didn't believe in Rutgers at the time, but you know, now it's like a very big thing. I feel like Rutgers has 
a really well-known name around the country. They know that we're Jersey. They know we're dangerous. I mean, I think we had about five or six Jersey champs the year Ashnaw and um, Suriano won it. But the yeah. best kids in Jersey never stay home, so that's the only reason why you don't get to see the best of the best perform in our backyard. But Rutgers has really done well. I've been around since the College Avenue days back when uh, Ashnaw um, wrestled. I think it was Jamal Hudson. Uh, from Hofstra, he was like down by like a few points, I think, and he just he just lit up the scoreboard, bro. It went from like he just lit up like ten points. He cradled the dude. It was crazy. That was the year Ohio State was there too, and we lost to them by like I think it was like twenty four seventeen. And I think that was the point where Rutgers understood, like, listen, like we just lost by like five six points to Ohio State. That means we can just keep going higher. And then Parati knocked the door down, um, All-American. Ashnaw came in, red-shirted, and he got All-American. And then the All-Americans started piling up. Scott Del Vecchio, uh, Ken Theobald. There was some. There was a lot of talent that was in, in the round of uh, 16, too. So it's, it's just always been a good culture. Uh, Jer- if Jersey kids stay home, they will really see the, the gold eye of the wrestling um, world in Rutgers, you know? But we're climbing, though. I like that it's natural. It's really organic. I like how we don't really have too many recruits out of state. We're getting more recruits now, but I like how 95% of the time the team is Jersey because it, it feels much more natural when we win those big matches like Nebraska or um, when we beat um... – yeah, man, the list just goes on and on. I think it's <laughs> like it's all in my – it's all like yeah. in the blur right now. But how was um your experience transitioning from South Plainfield High to uh, NYU? Because I know – all-American was pretty was a pretty big deal for you. Yeah, I mean, going from that, you know, just a small town in New Jersey to the biggest city in the world, you know, it, there was a lot of differences, and uh, especially wrestling on a team that guys from all over, from California, from Florida, um, it was definitely a different culture, but just my mentality to just get better at wrestling just made me mold into the wrestler I wanted to be. And I felt like, you know, a lot of my teammates fed off that, you know, no matter the different styles or anything, nothing could replace hard work and work ethic. So once they fed off that, I felt like, you know, the team was coming together culturally and just becoming that hardworking team. You know, you can't have any individuals uh, in, in any any aspect of life, right? Because life, you need to, you need a team, right? You can't, just like wrestling, you can't get yourself better. You need a teammate, right? You can't wrestle yourself in the mirror thinking that you're going to get better. Um, and I feel that that goes for, for anything. That's why I like to take lessons and, and uh, stories from everyone and, and learn from them. And, uh, yeah, going into, going into New York City, definitely a different atmosphere. But then again, it was a big outlet to learn more things and, and grow myself as an individual and, uh, you know, a, as a person and learn different aspects of not only – wrestling but but business life and stuff that I would have never learned if I if I stayed you know in a small town oh yeah definitely so I'm guessing you kind of did you kind of feel out of your comfort zone going to NYU did you feel like you was kind of had to be prepared for like a a whole variety of different things yes for sure definitely got got out of my comfort zone because you know living in New York City you're exposed to so many different people so many different uh so many different people and, and, uh, careers and, and just anything like at NYU, there was no set campus. The, the city was your campus. So you literally saw everything, right? And wow. New York city was basically the center of the world. So you're really struck in the middle of everything that's happening in the middle of the world. You know, you have 
protests there. You have, uh, you know, people, people on the streets, you know, living on the streets, you know, you try to help them out and you're really exposed to legit anything that you possibly could think. So that was another kind of wake up call for, you know, Hey, there's more in this world and I'm seeing it just like in New York city is not even that far from us either. So, you know, just being in the city just exposes you to different life events and everything. And I was truly grateful for those four years. And with that being said, being in New York City, you also have a ton of distractions. So I, I made sure that South Plainfield mentality kept me focused on what I needed to do to, you know, be successful in wrestling and in life. So, you know, and that, that all comes back from wrestling, right? If I, if I didn't have that, um, if I didn't have that strong work ethic and just focused on what I needed to do, maybe I would have got distracted. And I know a lot of my teammates did, and there was a lot of guys that were really good in high school that just folded in, uh, folded in college because they let the city get the best of them. And, you know, they went out, made, made wrong choices and, you know, got tired of the sport and they let distractions get to them. But when you're focused on something and you really want to get something done, you know, you, you kind of don't let those distractions get the best of you, you know? Yeah, seriously. That's a really, it's really, people don't understand how mentally it, it, it how much mental stress it takes to like block everything out and have that tunnel vision and focus on your path you know because you know sometimes you have family stress you have stress from school you have stress from work because stress doesn't just come in just one shot it just comes like in bunches you know like one day you're just chilling and one day you feel like the weight is on your shoulders but it's up to you to adapt to that and carry it through your strength and continue to strive for the best person you can possibly be so I wanted to ask you how was your um NCAA's run like how did that go for you oh it was, being all American yeah so I mean going into it um you know we I, I got there a, a day early with my coach because there was a snowstorm and it was kind of like you know it was it was fun because it was the coach that brought me into NYU recruited me it was the head coach Bruce Hadley we had such a great relationship and it was kind of like the end of a story it was like it was just me and him chilling and then waiting for our teammates to get there and he told me right there, like, you know, you get a little anxious and nervous because this is like the last round, right? It's your, it's your last time. And he said, you know, no matter what you do in this tournament, I believe that you could be a national champ. And whatever happens this weekend, it doesn't affect your legacy at all. And that, that kind of settled me. And, uh, you know, did I want to win it? Yes, I, I trained hard to win it. Unfortunately, I didn't. I took seventh. So seventh in the country is not bad. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, one of my coaches said, if you could look at yourself in the mirror and say you, you did everything possible that you could to achieve your goal, then you're set. You know, that's it. Have no regrets. So, you know, when I did lose to a couple kids that I feel like I could have beaten, but that's it. You know, you look past it, and you know, I, I'm I'm very happy about my career and my my wrestling career, and you know, I still have that chip on my shoulder though. So that's why this pro with pro wrestling, it's still I have that chip on that shoulder, and I'm still striving to be the best pro wrestler I could be. And, uh, you know, living with that chip on the shoulder is extremely important because you always want more from yourself. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's that it's just that whole underdog mentality, you know? Like, I was watching this, um, I think it's called Malco Sports, where Ashton has his interviews with Goodell and everyone else. I was watching the one with Parati today, and he was pretty much saying, like, how he thought he was, like, the worst kid on the bracket. And then he ended up, you know, just... You know, I, I remember uh, Delafox saying he knocked off three ranked guys his first year when he was an All-American. You know, he's over here pinning guys in 10 seconds, setting records, 
You know, he he had a crazy run, and I was watching that this morning, and I had to message him, and I told him, like, hey, man, like, I didn't know all this extra info on your All-American run. Like, it's it's inspiring. Like, it's it's dope that you had a run like that. Because for, I remember before we had an All-American in Parati, I was like, damn, man, like, Rutgers needs that one All-American to knock the door down so people could just, you know, because for a while people were just, just you know, talking and talking and talking, and then when he knocked the door down, get into the Big Ten, and then the Big Ten had like probably like I would say like maybe like a rough start, but a realistic start because you're not just gonna go into the Big Ten first year and just gonna dominate. It's one of those it's the toughest conference in the country. And then the culture in Rutgers just grew, man. Like it feels like a really big um family atmosphere when I'm there. I feel like when I'm there, I'm in my in my uh living room just watching wrestling with just eight thousand people, you know. What a bunch I, of Jersey guys, man. That's what it's about. That Jersey wrestling culture. Oh, yeah, man. Jersey is really tight-knit. I feel like I can go to Atlantic City right now and see a wrestling coach or something. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, some of them never left. <laughs> so, yeah. Left Atlantic some, City. <laughs> uh, yes, man. Atlantic City is always a good time. You know, we get to – it's a long three days, but, you know, it's it's good. It's a it's like a three-day vacation for just Jersey wrestling. So, it's always it always feels, like, really close at heart and just really – beneficial with our spirits and just overall um will to just live on and be good people you always meet so many good people in atlantic city and you always see so much you, you see dreams get crushed or you see dreams get accomplished so like it's a it's a really like intense tournament to watch because kids train their whole lives to not only win a state title but these kids are training to also transition into college and win NCAA titles and worlds and olympics you know but yeah. you know yeah, it seems like Atlantic City is a big celebration for wrestling, and that's kind of what it's like with, with these Rutgers matches now, just a celebration of, of Jersey wrestling. So with that being said, your adversity moment, Nels, what is some adversity you dealt with in your life that is a part of you and a part of your story now? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go through the mud with this one. I do remember living in a hotel with my mother at some point when she was pregnant with my uh, little sister. And we would have to walk um, across this bridge in South Amboy to go to the supermarket and get food. You know, times were rough at the time, but my mom was always a strong person. So, like, as the years went by, she just kept working harder. And then she eventually got enough money to move my three siblings from Dominican Republic to Perth Amboy. And then she also moved my aunt and her children over here. So she was always a big family-oriented person, so I think that's what I get it from. I'm always really affectionate with my family. I always want to make sure I don't miss birthdays, family events. You know, I just always make sure that her tough experiences and my tough experiences always made me strive to be a better person. That's why it never bothers me to help nobody because I know what it's like when you don't have help. So as long as I have it, I will always be able to help somebody, even if it's taking the clothes off my back. You know, life is short. And a lot of a lot of us take it for granted until we lose somebody or until something is taken away that we're not used to being taken away. And people just gotta apply that mentality, you know? Like like wrestling, man. We didn't know that NCAA was gonna be canceled this year, but it sucked, man. Like there was just I felt like we was it was gonna be a really good NCAA tournament. It gets crazier and bigger every year. But um as far as you know, more adversity, I would probably say uh since I feel like just growing up in Amboy is really tough, you know, where it's not as fortunate as other towns, so like we really have to put up an extra fight more than other people, which that relates to the wrestling part of it. I feel like that's what brings the pain 
into the and mo- the pain and motivation into Amboy wrestling. You know, I feel like we go through a lot of stuff outside the scenes, off the mat. So when we go to the mat, we're able to just let loose and just express our pain through through the wrestling and just strive to be the best athletes we can be um, day in and day out. And some kids might quit, some kids might not, but. You know, at the end of the day, I'm always grateful to see kids at least try the sport because not every kid is going to say, hey, I'm going to try wrestling. But it's one of those sports that you're, you're either in or you out. You either like it the day you do it or you don't. But some kids grow into it and adjust to it like within like two, three or a couple months down the road. But um, yeah, man, a lot of adversity, but adversity is beautiful. Like I said, there's a lot of beauty in the struggle. You just have to make the beauty out of your own situation and just keep chasing your goals and stuff, you know? And by yeah. the way, re- referring to the very, very beginning, I'm not Perthamboy's finest, but <laughs> Perthamboy will be the finest in years come. We have a lot of kids coming up with the Cedar program and the, the Roman Legion brand, which Gabriel, Gabriel Roman holds up. And um, I think South Plains are going to have a couple more losses when the kids come up. But, <laughs> but it's going to be a lovely battle. We're, we're two really good competitive towns, and I've always respected the South Plainfield culture. It was always um, very tight-knit. I felt like you guys were always disciplined, whether y'all was at Virginia Beach Duels or that was wrestling a team like Bergen Catholic or DePaul. Y'all wrestled some of the best competition. And one thing I've realized is, like, someone could be, like, the strongest guy, bro, and I and I just don't see the stop playing for kids fold. Like, the technique was just always there. You know, y'all practice the basics a lot. Yeah, because from what I've heard, you guys like to drill more and get down the basics more than just, you know, just all around, just have a jungle zoo and just wrestle all the time, you know? But the basics is where it's at. That's what really uh, separates simple from just overall being, you know, a crazy, talented, skillful kid that just doesn't know what to do with the basics. Because you might know all the moves in the world, but if you don't got the basics down packed, you're not going to know how to win those small matches with the small detail, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you talking about wrestling being a, an outlet, you know, for uh, just an outlet for community and just coming together. And, you know, like you said, the pain and the struggle. Wrestling is a great, great place for that. And that that's a, what I, I helped a lot in New York City with Beat the Streets, you know, you know, giving these kids, just introducing them to wrestling, giving them an outlet for something to do after school and and having them, you know, create a create a team bond and just creating new friends and everything that you know they could they could have friends and they could have a common goal you know and that that's super important and uh with that being said who is Nels and what do you want to be known for <laughs> honestly I just want to be known as a as someone that's a big dreamer and a person of the people you know I I I try to spread as much love as I can. I like to engage in positivity. I like to show, I like receiving love, but I like giving it more. You know, I like to see happy faces. I like to be around good people. And overall, I just want people to just want the best out of themselves in life, whether, you know, they're, whether they're working in a deli or Walmart or anything else, you know, everyone has a story, but it's about what you make out of your story. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like they say, life is not a race. You know, you you always you always have to travel at your own pace, and you always have to believe in yourself, no matter what the naysayers say. Because you know, there's a lot of doubt nowadays in the world, and not everyone's gonna believe in you. But as long as you have that belief, you're always gonna come out on top. And I'm very proud that you became All-American, because that was, you know, like when I feel like every time a Jersey kid becomes like an All-American or wins something big, it's like 
well, at least from the county, you know what I mean? I like, to, I feel like whenever I see someone from the county, like, win big, I feel like it's like a medal to our county, you know what I mean? But it's very amazing to see Jersey wrestlers succeed at the NCAA level, you know what I mean? Because we're arguably the best state, but we're going to argue that for the next 50 years, oh, yeah, you know? Definitely. Yeah, and, you know, you talking about marketing yourself and everything, you know, me and me and my boys, we still have that group chat. Um, me, Hunt, Scott, Tori, Troy, Anthony. So we're always seeing your stuff. We're always talking about it. So you're, you're marketing <laughs> yourself pretty well. And we're, we're proud of what you're doing. And, you know, we're definitely supporting you, my man. So, um, Yo, so what's next for you, you know, with rap? And I know the whole quarantine. Um, so what's next for you? And where can people find you, you know, hear your music and just follow you on, on your Instagram and everything? Where could people find you? All right, so I'm going to just keep it simple and go with uh, Jersey Nels. Jersey is spelled regular Jersey because when I had my old Instagram, I had the Z instead of the S. So uh -huh. it's Jersey Nels, Jersey, N-E-L-Z. And from there, you can click the link in my bio. I just released my first single uh, May 9th, and it's doing pretty good. It's, it's hitting Cali really well. I, I put like a nice retro Cali-type vibe on the cover art of the song. And... um. It's crazy, man. It's my, I, was, I was really nervous about putting my first song on Apple Music because I was thinking about the quality or how's the world going to react to it. And I hit about like 100 subscribers in like less than a month or just about a month. So I feel like it's a step in the right direction. And I have another single coming out too, the one we um, was talking about earlier. So my plan was to at least drop a single every month for the rest of the year and then drop a album for my birthday in 2021 for January 16th. So right now, and I am in a music group though too. We, we're called DC, but it stands for The Connection because I guess we're really family oriented. So like we just went by like The Connection. So I got my boy uh, GQ, I got my boy uh, Luggage, and I got my boy G5. So it's, all, it's, it's four of us as an independent label and we invest all our well-earned coins into what we do. And that's why the videos come out to how they come out. And you know, overall marketing and promo is really... It's really a big thing. Like paying for promotion did more for me than anything else for my music career so far. So I'm just pretty much on some like, you know what? There's nothing else to lose. Invest every dollar into my dream or I won't see my dream fold in front of me. So right now, I guess, you know, because, you know, once you get to a certain age in your 20s, you're like, wow, like, am I really going to keep doing this for fun? Like as much as I want to do it for fun, I want to make a living out of it. And I believe that I can because my father was a, uh, I think he's, he sold 20,000 records for a Puerto Rican artist. So he went like gold and silver. So that that was already instilled for me from birth. But he left around like three years old. But I'm just grateful that he at least gave me like, I guess, the bloodstream flowing when it comes to music because, you know, it came out really natural for me. And, you know, hopefully one day I can include you, Ashna, or someone in a music video, a vlog, something that um, puts wrestling in a music video in one, but making sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I want to go to sport and really like put us on the map the way Ashnell carried his, the way Ashnell carried Jersey on the map with wrestling is kind of like what I'm trying to do with music, but mixed together. Yeah. So I feel like we deserve that notoriety and, um, and you know, I feel like it's going to get there. I just need the support and I need the consistency. So with those two alone, I'll get there in no time, but I'm going to definitely, uh, take my time with it because I, you know, when you, when you kind of expect things to come too soon, you kind of like, you're like your own like disappointment. You're like your own downfall. Um, I had paid, I had did this remix called Yikes. It was off a of Nicki Minaj beat and I paid for some good promo behind it. 
And then it just went crazy on Instagram. And like Shaq O'Neal hit me up from the NBA. Uh, Zab Judah, a professional boxer that uh, fought Floyd Mayweather back in the day, had a full conversation with me. So when I saw those two cosigns, man, I was like, wow, like people are really recognizing me right now. So like after that, like I told myself, if I stopped for one day, I lost. So my mentality is just don't miss a day. Don't miss a day. Just keep going. And eventually the results will come as everything else comes gradually if you keep putting your effort into it. But I got one question for you, though. How was the how did how was the crew when um National won nationals in Suriano? How was how was that going? I, I know y'all have like the picture oh. y'all all picking up National. Y'all yeah. <laughs> how was the crew when that happened? So it it, it was great because like you said, you know when you feel like you know when someone all Americans in your county and everything, you have that special moment. But when he did that, just the fact that so many people from there, from our town were was there and everything. He when he did it, man, it was just. Uh, it was just great. It was just a great moment. It felt like we all did it. And, uh, you know, when we picked him up on the shoulders, it was like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was like when we were in kindergarten again, wrestling for the first time, having fun. It, it was a great end to the story, you know, not an end to the story, but it was just a great moment that, that was just unbelievable. And we were so glad we made that trip to Pittsburgh and, you know, and, uh, it's a moment I won't forget. <laughs> Yo, for sure, man. I remember I was in, um, I think I was at home. It's funny because I was literally at home watching this. But then I was like, you know what? I got to go to New Brunswick so I can feel the full, like, All the you vibe. know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I went to, I went to uh, Old Queens and uh, Rutgers. And, um, uh, but this was after the tournament had happened. I was like, what huh. am I going to do? Like, you know, Aston Australia just won an national title. Like, I got to go celebrate with something. Yeah, yeah. Got to go to Queens, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I went to Old Queens. I went to Old Queens, and it was just jumping, man. It was just crazy. And then from there, you know, I just I went home and I soaked it all in. And the next day, I was like, wow, man, like I'm proud of my state. Like I'm happy to be like a wrestler from this state because we we walk around with so much pride and and so much grit, you know. So I'm, I'm I was excited when that happened because for a long time everyone was saying Rutgers wouldn't get national champs, all Americans, and things like that, but. It's like every other school, you know. There's there's schools that didn't have a national champ since like 1962, but played all Americans every year, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's just one of those sports where you got to take your time. But I'm I'm happy that y'all got to enjoy that moment though, because I'm pretty sure, you know, y'all I was probably reminiscing from y'all was kids, and then all the way till now, probably shed a few tears. I don't know what y'all did, but <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was a fun time for y'all, you know, because y'all came y'all came from a very small town and and, and made that town known in a different level. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely, and a uh, great moment. And I'm, I'm glad, uh, you know, us Jersey wrestlers, we, we all enjoyed that moment together. And uh, like I said, we're super proud of you and what you're doing, and you know, your hustle and, and your story is very, very great to hear. And and uh, just the way you're investing in yourself, and like you said, keep those wheels moving. I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll get where you want to go, especially because you, you were a wrestler, and that's always in you. So you got that wrestler grind. So I, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate. You know, our talk here, and uh, I'm definitely going to get a lot from this. So thanks, my bro. Thank you for your time. Hey, yo, bro, I definitely appreciate this. You know, this is my first podcast, and I was pretty excited when you hit me up because I've always wanted to do a podcast. And, um, you know, this is a really I, – I, I really enjoy your podcast. I usually look at who's next, who's coming up, you know. It's it's always a good podcast to have. I, I, I know you do, like uh, – you do Wrestling Mindset too, right, or you've done it a few times? Yeah, yeah, I work for them. I do all their marketing and media, so they oh, begin yeah, to 
That's dope, man. I, that's dope. Um, I just for real quick though, I don't want to leave no one left out. I want to uh, shout out uh one of my wrestling coaches, uh Jared Terrell. He's uh an assistant coach at the Bergen Catholic. He's the one I actually work with with the truck driving stuff. Uh, Mike Giordano once again. Um, Coach De Jesus. He's one. He's a coach that I uh was working with a lot. Um. The list goes on and on, you know. We have a lot of uh, culture in our town, same way you guys have it. And um, I'm glad that you got me on here and we got to exchange a few nice words and really get in tune with the world. And, yeah, man, I um, I pray for the best with you and all your upcoming uh, success. And I'm, I'm going to support you all the way, same way you do over here. Definitely, man. And I appreciate you and I appreciate everything you're doing, man. Stay safe. know what you really want. I know you dealt with other shit, but baby, tell me what you looking for And I've been thinking about you lately, but it's time for me to move along But it's alright, boo Girl, I try to do you better Call me when you're feeling down and all alone I know shit ain't easy, but pick up the phone Baby, this is